If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. You're very welcome to Tuesday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Let's get straight to business. Were you watching the game last night? Ireland and Gibraltar, halftime, nil-nil. Oh, my God almighty. I thought a goal would never come. But it did in the second half, and in the end, we ran out 3-0 winners. Are we back in the game? Irish Daily Mail soccer correspondent Philip Quinn knows the story. He was at the game last night and did interviews afterwards as well. Philip, thank you so much for joining me again today. Good to be on board, Jerry. Good to have you with us. The celebrations on the line last night from the management team. I don't know, Philip. Maybe context this. What number? Where do Gibraltar rank in world football? Two hundred and first. Oh my God. 2-0-1 in world football and we were celebrating on the line as if we'd beaten Germany or somebody like that. Look, we won in the end. That's all we have to say about last night, really, Philip. Are we back in the game? Have we a chance of getting that third spot, do you think? Are we back in the game? Um, no. no. We're, we're just, we just did last night what everybody else is going to do against Gibraltar. They're going to beat them 3-0, 4-0, 5-0. Um, in fact, they've lost all the four games 3-0, so there's a consistency there. Um, so things haven't changed in relation to the group. Gibraltar are probably the worst fifth seed I've ever seen, and they're going to lose all their eight games. Um, so, like, the real two matches that count, we have no points from them. In relation to the celebration of the sideline, uh, I, I, I think they're way over the top. I agree, I agree with you there. Um, perhaps they were, they were, it's a reflection of the pressure the manager is under, that he needs this release. Uh, to, to jump up and down when we score a goal against Gibraltar. Um, that, that's my only rationale uh, for, for, for watching uh, the, the, the shenanigans, as it were, on the sideline. I'm all for celebrating Irish goals, as are you, Jerry. Mm. Uh, but against Gibraltar, I think a little bit, a little bit of context is needed. Um, I think more was, it was more a, a release of the pressure that Kenny was, feel, was feeling in the build-up to the game. We're not, we're not, we're not back in it. Um, and let's not kid ourselves that we are. Uh, France are going to win the group. Um, we have to play Holland twice. We're going to have to, have to beat them probably twice um, to come second. Um, and we're going to have to beat probably Greece as well. So it's a long, long way back. Mm. Long way back. What's the word on the ground today? I'm sure you've been uh, in touch with a few people. What's the feeling? You, you talk about the manager being under pressure. Does that win last night relieve any of the pressure? I know the FAI have a board meeting coming up soon. Will he be in charge for the autumn? That is the question that can only be answered by the FAI board and by the FAI executives. And you're right, um, they do have a meeting coming up. It's a standard meeting. They meet every month uh, and they review everything. Uh, there's been an international camp in that month. They review it. So they will review what's happened in this camp and they'll see where we are. 
And then they've got a decision to make. They either have to um, knock the Kenny Rain on the head, and if that happens, they should do it with dignity, uh, or else they have to say, everything's in place, he carries on to the end of the campaign. Not till September, that's not good enough. They support him to carry on to the end of the campaign. Um, and that's a decision that they need to make, and they need to let everybody know this, because everybody is talking about Kenny and speculating, is he going to stay, is he going to go? Where are the team going? Are they going forwards, backwards? So the FAI have to have to come out and back their man or not back him, and one or the other, and end this speculation. Have you seen progress in the 24 games? There's been a lot of talk about progress, getting the ball down, playing it, passing it, you know, moving on to a different type of Ireland than we knew in the past. Have you seen that? No. No, not, not over the course of all the competitive games. Um seen it in flashes, seen it in glimpses, really, really good against Scotland last year. Uh, Kenny likes to cherry pick, you know, the great occasions, and we were excellent in Portugal, really, really good in Faro, probably our best performance. Um, but we've been poor in lots of matches as well, Jerry. lots of matches. And I, I'm a great believer in the old tale of the tape, you know, in the, all the campaigns he's had. He seems to sort of ignore the Nations League campaigns. I said it again last night about the World Cup and the Euros, but, you know, Nations League, you know, you do well in that, you get promotion, you get a seeding, a higher seeding, um, we failed in two Nations League and the first one cost us our seeding from going from two to three in the seedings of the World Cup therefore we got Serbia um, we didn't do well in the World Cup so we stayed at the third seeding therefore we got France uh, if we stayed at the second seeding we would have avoided Serbia would have avoided France little details like that would have mattered um, but there have been glimpses it has been glimpses but uh, overall we've, we, we haven't made the progress that Kenny promised he keeps saying we're building we're building we're building um, I don't think he's had a good couple of days Jerry um, I don't think he got his tactics or his team right in Greece and I only got it right last night either I mean playing three at the back against the team with one fella up top I mean come on it's Gibraltar um, you know that to me was and I'm not a qualified coach I'm just watching it um, as, as an observer of the Irish team and we changed it at half time um, Johnson should have started from the beginning first half was terrible last night really really poor really really poor no one no penetration no one getting on the ball no one no, that the game that Kenny has promised us, we didn't see that. And, and Gibraltar, and I, and I don't like being harsh on, on fantasy new league teams, but you know, you know, Cleve North or, or Boyne Valley, or you know, I'd have fancied them last night as do better than Gibraltar in the first half. So overall, overall, the course of the games, the campaigns, what is it now? Is it uh, twenty-four competitive matches? No, there hasn't been the progress that was promised. We haven't got the players. You've heard this. You've seen this, mate. Oh, sure, we haven't got the players. You'll hear people saying that, and uh, he's been a bit unlucky here or there, and, uh, you know, no manager could do better with this group. How, how would you respond to that? Um, I don't agree. I, don't, I, I, would, I would agree with your observation we don't have the players that we had under the Charlton era, or, or even Clapatoni or McCarthy to a certain degree. Certainly McCarthy the first way, and, um, you know, but we do have players, and I don't think the best has been got out of the players. I'm looking at the team that's, that played last night and played, played in Greece. You know, Bazunu played Premier League last year. I know they're relegated. Um, looking at it, Ferguson played Premier League. Collins played Premier League. Uh, O'Shea. Egan's coming up from the Championship. Cullen's coming up from the Championship. Um, uh, Smallbone played out a good championship here. There are players there. The championship is, is, a, t- is a decent level. Mm. A decent level. So I'm not convinced that, 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 that argument doesn't hold. My argument would be that is Kenny getting the best out of what we have? And I don't think we have. And 
there has to be accountability, Jerry. There has to be accountability somewhere. Um, and it remains to be seen whether the FAI, um, you know, insists on that accountability. And if they do in the most stark way possible, they'll make a decision next week that um, will we'll bring the Kenny era to an end. And that will sadden a lot of people. Um, I, I won't take any pleasure from it if it does come to pass, because we all thought Kenny deserved, deserved a crack at this. Um, and he certainly thought he deserved it. But after three years, you know, you need... You need bank for your book. The FBI have invested hugely in Kenny, given everything he wanted. And we've been out of, out of the gate. I mean, I, I, I used the word shambolic the other day in the press conference, and it got a lot of traction. It's a harsh word. Um, is it too harsh? Possibly. My tone was fine. The context of why I asked is I stand over that. You know, the campaigns we had, the first from Nations League, we did nothing. Drew three, lost three, and lost the playoff, which that was a huge game for Kenny, that Euro playoff. World Cup, lost our first two matches, lost our first three games. Um, Nations League, lost our first two games. Euro qualifier, lost our first two games. So my point is that we were beaten out the gates before we could get going. Mm -hmm. And you can't hide from that, Jerry. You can't. You know... I'm an avid soccer fan like yourself and I followed locally in the League of Ireland uh, you know been all over with uh, Ireland as well and going to home games for years and years mm. it pains me to say this as a League of Ireland fan but I have a belief that the chasm between managing a side in the League of Ireland and the international soccer team is just too far to bridge it is a big jump. Kerr um, made made the jump. Uh, Brian Kerr um, in '03 took over January '03 mm. and did reasonably well because it was thrown into the middle of the campaign. Mm. Uh, don't forget. And we were edged out. I think it went to the last match of one of the last game against. I think it was against the Swiss. Um, and he got through the campaign in half. And probably, if you can look at Kerr's results, he probably argue he deserved another campaign after that. Yes. Um, but it is a big leap. You need a big personality. You know, you're going, you're going to a dressing room of, to manage players who are playing, most of them playing in England, and a lot of them have big personalities managing them. Be it in the old first division from our day, Jerry, we're old enough, remember the old first division. Yes. Or the, or the Premier League as it is now, which is a 30-year invention. Um, and certainly if you look at Ireland managers, like Charlton has a huge personality. Charlton never once mentioned that he won the World Cup. Never once mentioned that he won the league with Leeds and the FA Cup. Didn't have to. Um, Capitone had a huge personality. He didn't mention his CV either. Um, McCarthy had a, had a big personality and so did O'Neill. And it was always going to be a challenge for Stephen for his personality to, to, as you say, to bridge that gap, bridge that chasm. But we all wanted him to do it. Yep. You know, he, he, he certainly deserved a crack at it. And, you know, he was in the right place at the right time, even though the the succession stakes I thought was a bit barmy. Um I, I, I wasn't against getting the job. I just think, you know, putting the guy as a manager and elect is a bit strange. I think about put about it just didn't sit right with me. But you're right, it, it is a big jump. And maybe it's been too big a leap for Kenny to make, you know. Um but we'll see, you know, um the FBI could turn around next Tuesday, say carry on Stephen, you're our man the rest of the campaign and we could come a close third and he you know, we could be looking at things maybe we might get a playoff spot depending on the whole nation's league and how that now, as that plays out come November, but I think that the clouds are, are gathering over Kenny and his reign, and um, I don't think he can any have any complaints if it does end. You know, he's had lots of matches, lots of opportunities, and I think he's running out of road. Do you believe that an appointment 
at a level equivalent to the men you mentioned a moment ago or the manager who's managing the Premier League or played at that level could galvanise this group of players to get a playoff? Well, the playoff will all depend about, you know, the playoff is not relevant um, to what happens in, in the in, in the group group B because mm. it's it's a complicated system. Yes, before you finish in the Nations League. Yes, yes, and then and then if teams who qualify for the Euros, they've already had a higher position in the Nations League, then their position will filter down to those teams who don't qualify for the Euros. Mm. So let's say we don't come in the top two, which I don't think we will. I think that France is going to win the group by a mile, yeah. um, and the Dutch are. I'm going to have a summer of reflection and I think they'll come out in the yes. autumn all guns blazing um, because they've got too many good players. But let's say they come third or come fourth, whatever. But it, the playoff will hinge on other results. And we won't know that until November. It's, it's a complicated system and it all depends on what goes on around Europe. But we should make the playoffs. Let's not remember here, Jerry. <clears throat> 20 teams are qualifying directly for the Euros next summer in Germany. That's 10 groups, top two. It's just that straightforward. Plus Germany, there's 21. And three other teams will come from the playoffs that involve 12 teams. That's 32 teams out of 50 odd in Europe. Mm. Surely we have to be in that mix. Yes. Um, I mean, the Euros are 24 finalists and I'm convinced that the Irish players and what we have now is good enough to be in the top 24 in Europe. We're not. Why aren't we? You know, that's that's a question we have to look at. Uh, surely we're good enough. Charlton got us there when there's only eight teams in 88, Jerry. And in 92, we, should, we were only eight teams again and we missed out by England scoring a late goal against Poland. We were so close. Yes. And we kind of thought, Jake, that's hard luck. Then it went to 16. Actually, we'll be there when it goes to 16. Then it goes to 24. Actually, we'll be there when it goes to 24. Now it's a situation where we might not be there. We weren't there in 2020. And we could not be there in 2024. And that's not, that's not good enough. Irish football, we have the, we have the tools, we have the, we have the raw material, we have the players. I've no doubt about that. Uh, to be in the top 24 in Europe. And that's probably it for another debate. Mm. But the playoff will all depend on what happens in the results elsewhere, um, and we won't know that till November. Okay. Last word in half a minute. Will he be there for the remainder of the campaign? Come the end of the campaign, will that be it? Uh, last word. I think the mood among the FAI board of directors is shifting. Um, they would have been supportive before the last this window. They were happening in Greece. They can damage, huge damage. Gibraltar didn't repair it because it really couldn't repair it unless it was a 10 miller. Um, I think next week there could be a significant development. Yes. Philip, we'll leave it there for today. You're so good to us. Thank you very much indeed. And read this man in the Irish Daily Mail. He is the one to read, I promise you. Thank you so much for joining me again on the show. Thanks, Ray. Take care of yourself. Philip Quinn there, Irish Daily Mail, soccer correspondent. Have you an opinion? What do you feel about Ireland, Kenny? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text gets directly to me here in the studio. In my opinion, it's the end of the road for Kenny, says Joe this afternoon. I'd leave him there to the end of the current campaign, says Stephen. That's a different Stephen, of course, to the manager. On the football front, Liam Brady, did you see he stepped down from RTE last night? He said he's no longer in love with the game. Oh, that's sad to hear from a man, one of Ireland's greatest footballers ever and a wonderful commentator as well, himself Giles Dunphy and Bill O'Hurley. what a four they were, we wish Liam Brady well and it's sad to hear that he says that, that he's not in love with the game, not with the football itself or the players but the whole thing of 
money and all that goes along with that and the business side of football. Anyway, he's stepping out and uh, making room for a new voice, a new person. I've arrived at St Dominic's Park in Drogheda. Before me here are two trishaws and they're ready to go on their journey from the park here out to Oldbridge House and back. I'm joined by Helen Mullen. She's on the committee of Drogheda and District Support for Older People. Helen, on this gorgeous summer morning, tell me about the trishaws, the whole thinking and concept behind it please. Okay it started in 2018 and then of course we were hit by Covid so that kind of gave us a bit of a knockback but we're up and running again since kind of last year. Anybody can can go on these tri shows. I was actually out myself two weeks ago for the first time and I really enjoyed it you know a cup of coffee in Oldbridge. <laughs> so what they are just to explain it's yeah. a pedal vehicle with electric power as well and you have a pilot who rides the tri show yeah, sure. and the bicycle is at the back and in in front is the little cab that takes two people. Yes. Fantastic. It gets people out and about oh. to enjoy the surroundings as well. You mentioned oh, yeah. St. Mary's yeah. which is a care home and yeah. Moor Hall as yeah. well. So you're involved with those so and they mightn't have the greatest mobility now but they can go out and enjoy their local area again. Can anybody who's of an age avail of this? Yes. Um, it was targeted at older people first but any age can come. Now obviously children not on their own. They would have to be with an adult. How do people book trips on the tri shows? Okay. So they phone 041 984 It goes from the park here when? What day and times? Okay, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 10.30 and 12. You'd recommend it? Oh, I definitely recommend it after being on it myself. It's lovely, it's lovely, you know. Angela Gargan is a pilot on one of the tri-shaws here. Is it tough going cycling with two people in front of you there in the little cab? It can be alright, like, you know, especially if you're going up the hill here like you know and up the hill into um, Oldbridge yeah we're, we're fit enough we're well able for it no mm. problems mm. <laughs> so you have the little electric boost if you need it oh we use that the whole time do you oh yeah <laughs> so I was going to give you credit for being an absolute superwoman <laughs> no because you have a certain weight in the front like you know and you wouldn't physically be able to propel yourself along the way without these this is a great assistance altogether trust me <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't and, do it without it no and I look like, I'm, I'm a woman like I'm not as strong as the David here like and he's much stronger than me like you know <laughs> <laughs> but when you're on the journey there, just look at you and the bike at the back, the cab in the front. Do you have chatter with the occupants that you're taking on the trip? Oh, yeah. Like, we're going up along the river and we see various, uh, the herons are up there and swans with our little chicks too as well. Like, you know, and we see various birds, like ducks and all that. And we talk about the bridge and we talk about going into Oldbridge too as well. Oldbridge is a fantastic facility altogether. Like, you know, it's a great amenity to have so close to us all. So besides powering the vehicle, you're a guide. May I say that too? Well, not officially, but I do tell them where I know. I share my knowledge with yes, them. That's what yeah. it's all about. Oh, oh, yeah. People love this, I tell you. Oh, yeah. oh, they do. I and mean, on the way out, we say hello to everybody. So you wave, like, you know, and you get a great reaction from people too as well, like, you know. Well, in general terms, the route out and back is fine, but you have a gripe with one particular part of the boardwalk. I have. Uh, it's the second part of the journey, and the boardwalk went in fire prior to the first fly here in town, and it has never been repaired since. The boardwalk, it tilts the the. F- the surface is uneven, it's lumpy is how I describe it and you slope from the road right down to the river so you have to be extremely careful with your tri-show when you're going through it like you know because if you think of the weight in the front you've got to think of people's safety too as well like you know. Me County Council, Loud County Council, we really would appreciate if you would mend the boardwalk that's been went in fire actually. It's a little help they need here oh, and it'll just make yeah. the whole journey out yeah. and back and the tri-show is really smooth. Other than that the ramparts and the boardwalk they're fine, absolutely fine, no problems at all. Good on you Angela, you're brilliant. <laughs> 
no, thanks no for chatting to me today. <laughs> no problems at all. Take care. Cheers. The other pilot today is who? David Hepburn. And pilots are very fancy name. We just cycle the bloomin' bike. <laughs> Unassisted. Well, there's, we do have electric assist. And we'll find this morning, because we have a tailwind all the way, we'll use very little assistance. But coming back, whole different story. <laughs> yes, into the east wind is right. How did you become involved? How are you one of the ones that powers the trikes? Okay, my wife and I, we're both quite keen on cycling. And one morning, we were out at Old Bridge and we saw the two tri shows. And we thought, wow, that's a super idea. And we volunteered and said, if they need us or if they and then a guy Dave Turner who organises the whole thing and Dave is just a magical organiser and he contacted me a couple of years ago and said would you ever do it and so now I normally do a Tuesday and a Thursday and sure it's great entertainment yeah you're a fit looking guy well, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I suppose I'm not carrying too much weight, but uh, not really, uh, fit enough, OK. That helps with the... It does great. ...manoeuvring in the bike. Yeah, and, and I have to say, it's... Um I mean, sometimes the, the people who come with us and they sort of feel, you know, grateful to us. The reality is we enjoy it as much as they do. It's a, it's a great bit of crack and we have a laugh. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the older people who get an opportunity to get out there, they love it. Yeah. It's a two-way street. And, of course, I was speaking to your colleague, Angela, there. It is an interactive thing as well as you go along. And what a joy it must be for people to get out and about from the care homes. Absolutely. Yeah, and the, uh, I've been up to now. This, the one of the things we do notice is the men tend to be a little bit more hesitant. The ladies are much braver about saying, oh, sure, we'll give that a try. And I suppose it's because essentially women, I think, tend to be more socially inclined and we're dreadful. We stand back and, oh, no, one does. So it's like, you know, uh, so we'll see here, like, it's 85% ladies. Uh, and sometimes we're fortunate. We get maybe an elderly lady with her daughter coming along and maybe, you know, the, the mother's not particularly well and the daughter invariably will say that's, that's the most fun my mum's had in a year or 80 months. Just lovely. Very entertaining. Brilliant, fun. brilliant. David, you're great. Good luck on the trip. I'll be joining you in a moment. <laughs> you're welcome. Christy Faulkner and Michael Clark are in the park this morning. You've been on this tri-show. What do you make of it, Christy? It's something for nothing. It's a brilliant spin. It's gone out to one of the historic houses in, in our area and you're going up along the mine you should be charging 10 quid a ticket <laughs> <laughs> don't be saying that it's free it's free the try Sean we told you earlier on how you can book it anyway Michael what about this the same thing again myself and Christy have found the members of Drodden District Report for Older People we got engaged in all that type of thing and it was great to have the Lions Club that sponsored the the tricycles there and people are retired it's given us something to do they feel they have a purpose as well so it's a kind of a, a win-win for people you know that's all I can you say you do about. wonderful work people on the bikes that ride the bikes couldn't do it without them I mean that's a deft and we could not yeah. do it without them they are brilliant Michael you can recommend this to listeners oh today. by all means yeah my sister is in the nursing home the town and uh, she's 93 now young 93 bit of Alzheimer's and all that so our daughter was able to take her out last week and take her up there and she was delighted with the trip you know so it's thank you yeah. both for joining me today I wish you well it's fantastic it really is okay here we go on the tri-show we've just taken off from the park and we're heading to Oldbridge House 
and Helen Mullen is sitting beside me. Thank you for the company, Helen, You're this welcome. morning. It's a lovely experience yeah. to sit into this and to have to do nothing but sit back and chat and look around you, isn't it? It's absolutely gorgeous, Daniel. Look at all the people who are out this morning. There are people passing us by. Hello, another lady there with our dogs, a young boy there with his dad. And we're just coming down from the park now towards the Boyne River. And she's a little bumpy path along here, but it's grand, isn't yeah. it? It's nice. And yeah. uh, I have to say the suspension, David, driver is very good. <laughs> David, how are you doing back there? Oh, we're doing it's very handy now. We've got a nice tailwind here, Terry. <laughs> We've got the sail up in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky here because if you look at the river, the east wind and this fine spell of weather is behind us on the way out. It's a good job you have the electricity for the way back, David. Oh, we will. Yeah, we'll keep that reserve. <laughs> we'll need that also for the hills. <laughs> you will indeed. You know, when you think about this, mm. for people who are confined in their lives and have lost their mobility... This just must be such a wonderful experience, yeah. Helen. Well, a way to get out to Old Bridge, have yourself a cup of coffee, and just sit there, you know, especially in the summer. Well, listen, we only go in the summer anyway. I think we're going until September this year, maybe October, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a great way for people to get out and about, and, and not just older people. It's for everybody. We want to say that today. Yeah. And it's for anybody who wants to try it. So we've got to mention two organisations who've made this happen for yourselves in the Citizens Group. Louth County Council and the Lions Club. Their support, very important? Yes, it is very important. Yeah. Here we come round the bend here, so to speak. And what do we see in the distance but the famous bridge. bridge. And there's a cormorant flying the river as I uh, see him there. The enemy of the fisherman. He eats too many fish from an angler's point of view. Gary, how's the form? How are you keeping? Good to see you. It's amazing the people you know when you're coming along the path here all out for a walk on this lovely morning, isn't it? Yeah. Look at the cable bridge in the distance. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. The Boyne Bridge, as I call it. Not the Mary McAleese Bridge. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, listen, listen, that's as, that's nearly as controversial as Roy Keane in Saipan. Don't mention that one, Helen, to us today. <laughs> anyway, a bridge it is, and it's in place, and it looks magnificent from where we are here, doesn't it? Yes, and all the marshes, the marshland down yes. there in Mel is beautiful, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure people who come out in these remember here many moons ago when you hadn't this lovely walkway and it was a, a rather rudimentary walk or whatever and they can you know reminisce on times past oh yeah definitely yeah definitely yes it goes back I remember even myself as a child coming along here but it was really only an old path and you hadn't all look at these houses or developments to our yeah, left or right yeah. look at the way Drogheda is expanding okay, hugely yeah, yeah. and then as we look across the river there's a lovely walkway on the far side of the bine on the north side oh yes uh, down in Mel there you yes. can take the walk across it, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful it really is beautiful anyway as we continue on our way in the tri shaw you can book this folks and it is for anybody anybody can book it and avail of it it's absolutely free that's what we want to say it's free yeah, it's free it's free yeah well, all you have to do is get yourself down to dominic's park and hop on yes and that is each week on the days again are our tuesdays and thursdays at 10 30 and midday brilliant look at the white heron see the white heron as he takes off there across the river look at the 
bird life and yeah. that we've seen already as you come here. Swans on the far side of the river. There's a cyclist passes by on the way and gives a, a little ring of the toot of the bell and, and a wave as well. Helen, isn't it beautiful on the way back in? Look at Drogheda and the yeah. skyline. It's absolutely beautiful and you can see all the church spires in the background and it's just so beautiful. I think Drogheda's a very beautiful town. So there you are, either out or in. It's magnificent. It is. Get on your tri-short trip today. You'll thoroughly enjoy it, I can guarantee you that. Angela and yeah. David, thank you so much for powering us <laughs> out and sure, back on the tri-shaws. Thank you so much indeed. Not at all. It's Take a real care. pleasure. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Cheers. Thank you. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'd be number, number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. Yes, my Two on Tuesday this Tuesday was released as a digital download on the 21st of July 2016. The song is a Rag and Bone Man song, and it was a slow burner, I have to say, in the charts. You know, when you think about July, it wasn't until September, late September, when he appeared and performed it live on Later with Jules Holland. I saw Jules in Dublin on Saturday night. He was fantastic. That's what gave this song and man the shot in the arm it needed. It climbed up the charts and it reached number two on the UK singles chart on the 23rd of December 2016. And I'll tell you this, it was just so close to being a Christmas number one. It ultimately sold a million and a quarter units, which comprised of 522,000 actual hard copies and 75 million streams. Yes, your two on Tuesday, this Tuesday, is Rag and Bone Man and Human. I'm just a man, I do what I can, don't put the blame on me. Rag and bone man. Don't put your blame on me. You're two on Tuesday on your late lunch. What a fantastic song that is. Well, it had to be a good one to keep it off the top spot Christmas 2016. And indeed it was, because the one that prevented it making it to the summit of the charts actually spent nine weeks itself at number one. And it topped the charts in 28 countries all over the world, including the Billboard 100 in the United States. Again, it entered at number seven in October, hit three the following week, and then made number one into November and stayed there for that whole run. Yes, the number one that stopped our rag and bone man making it. I feel sorry for him. It's Clean Bandit and Rockabye. Call it the mom's adoration Foundation, a special bond of creation Rockabye, the number one song that prevented our two and Tuesday rag and moan band Human getting to number one. That's a great song, Rockabye. Hard to call between the two of them. You can understand why that one was number one for nine weeks. And of course, next week at this time, we'll bring you another two on Tuesday. Stephen Kenny, Jerry, we're talking to Philip Quinn, top of the show. Trial by media, says a listener. Well, it may be, but sure, that's what the media is there for to question and to probe and to. 
you know, <laughs> the media does what it does. That's what it's there for. If you don't have a vibrant media, if you can't ask the questions, well, you become like the United States and Donald Trump and it's all who's what and what's who. You know what I'm talking about? Eddie's been on to me to say, and fair point, he said, uh, Stephen did really well with the underage set-up in Ireland, under tri- under 23 Irish manager. He did indeed. He did fantastic. He really did. He did well there. And I believe... They should have left them there. They should have left them at that level to work at that level with emerging players. That's my belief that he should be there. And give credit where credit's due. He did a fantastic job there. Watch this space, the FAIR meeting. Will his te- tenure go on? Uh, will he be given till the end of the current campaign? We watch with bated breath and we will know shortly for sure. You're with Late Lunch on LA. I have to tell you a little secret. My next guests and conversation have been in the planning since last November because I met these one. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wonderful people at the Drogheda Business Excellence Awards in November last year. And I promised them I'd have them with me on the show one day. How has it taken till June? I don't know, but they're here today anyway. When I tell you they're part of a wonderful organisation called Hands for Unity, I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon to Ajiro Stratton and Jasmine Matthew. You're both very welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Zero. It's great to see you again. It has been a while. Mea culpa. Will you forgive me for leaving it for so long? (laughs) You're forgiven. (laughs) Anyway, will you tell our listeners about this organization, Hands, the number four, Hands for For Unity. Unity. What is it all about, Ajiro? So, it's an organization which we started in 2019. It was started by migrant women here living in Drogheda, who have been living in the community for over 30 years, and they wanted to become active participants and contribute to the community. So, Hands for Unity is a local organization that is based in Drogheda, set up to empower the, the host community women and the migrant women, get them to come together to do project together here in Ireland and, ab- and abroad. I'm glad to say that we've done project in India, in Philippines, in Nigeria, in Cameroon and in England and most especially in Ireland. Wow, 
that is a fair spread of countries, I have to say. So you bring together women who come to live here from any other country, really, in the world. You yeah. are multinational. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, empowering women is very important for every single community. Are there any men part of, the, of, of your group or are, are men excluded? No, men are not excluded. <laughs> we believe if we empower the women, we yes. empower the family. Yeah. There are men sitting on our board. There are men working actively with us every okay. day. And there are men who are inspirational behind what we do. Mm. How do you operate? How does it operate? Do you meet regularly? What do you do? What are you involved in? How do you empower the women? Okay. We, we meet uh, once a month uh, and uh, we have a board and we have women who are shared, like I'm the chair of the, of the organization, Jasmine Matthew is the vice chair. And these women, we bring them together, we give them education, we give them training and they become trainers of trade, we give the trade trainers uh, courses and they can train people in their community. Uh, people can come to them, we give them um, uh, work to do. People can come to them. If they have any problem in the community, they come to Jasmine, they come to me, or they come to other people from the Philippines or from uh, from uh, the African Community Network, from the Senegalese Community Network. They bring those problems then, then to us. And yes. together, if we can resolve the problem, we do it ourselves. If we can't, we are sharing a, like a bridge between the community and the people that we represent. So we bring those problems to the right channel. Yes. Let's bring uh, your colleague and vice chairperson, uh, Jasmine, into the conversation. You're very welcome to the show today. Um, Thank you. For you, tell me about you and how you became involved, please. Thank you, Jer, for the question. Actually, I think that's a very interesting question for all the listeners because when you see me and Ejiro together, we come from two ethnic backgrounds, completely different. And it's very interesting, especially for an Indian lady to say I'm the vice chair of an organization because I'm the only vice chair, as far as I know, on an organization under PPN Louth. So um, why or how I started my journey with Hands for Unity, I went for an event, uh, Taste of All Nations, in 2019. And I saw that this event had brought in performers from different countries and they were performing so well and they were versatile performances. And also, at the same time, we had food from different countries uh, off stage. I enjoyed the food. I enjoyed the uh, event as well, the artists performing. But not only that, I found so many friends. I had a huge networking opportunity in that event. And, of course, Ejiro Stratton, her words inspired me. And I joined the group as a member. I joined the group as a member and not very uh, late, I was made as the social media moderator from there the uh, with the support of my beautiful members in the group i was always supported uh, we are a multinational group so we come from different backgrounds the hierarchy is very very international mm. which is i think the uniqueness of our group and also like I felt supported and I was supported for a vice chair position, which I think it was a huge honor f for a lady like me. Yeah. 
Thank you. No, but it's interesting to hear the music and the food attracted you, but look what emerged from it. Look at the network of friends you've made. Look where you are in this organisation now. It's it's great. It really is. And I, I know Africa and India come together and many other countries and continents as well. Have you any Irish women involved with you? We have Irish women. That's, I'm pr- proud to mention Brenda. Brenda is one of the first Irish women who actually engaged with us and uh, she's been part of the group. Great. And she's really, really very active behind yes. the scene. Yes, And then we have uh, the like of um, Gronia Berry who has actually inspired us in many ways. The wonderful Gronia. From Loud Volunteer Centre. Yes. She actually, in the beginning, we just COVID was beginning when we started, yes. we thought we would be diminished, but we spoke to a, a lady from Loud Local Development, Noreen. And Noreen, through Noreen and um, uh, Noreen Kofner, and through Noreen and through Gronia, we have actually got into we got into loud ppn and the, the leadership in loud ppn has actually supported us as well so Fantastic. all this network of people loud private us, public network uh, you're yeah, part of yeah, that whole thing yeah, there and ryan isn't and it isn't ryan. it great that you know covid could have ended the whole thing yeah, but yeah, you know it yeah. happened and you've emerged from yeah, that probably yeah, even yeah. stronger uh, than ever and um, tell yeah. us a bit about about yourself um uh, jasmine how, how long have you been living in ireland I'm here since 2017 and I used to work as a general nurse in Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital. That's where I met my mentor, as I call her for life, Ejiro Stratton, who inspired me with everything. And now I'm working with not Dublin Mental Health Services. Um, I did a postgrad, which was, um, of course, Ejiro supported me very well with that. And I was able to do a mental health nursing postgraduation. So at the minute, I'm working with not Dublin Mental Health Services. Good on you. How have you found coming to live in Ireland? How have you found us Irish? Have we been supportive of you? Have we been receptive? What's it been like? I say uh, when I one reason why I started working with uh, Hands for Unity was because I had gained so much from the Irish community. It's the, it's a very welcoming community, and I wanted to find ways to give them back. So uh, that was my one reason why I joined Hands for Unity. Mm. And on. the host community, as we call the Irish people, it's amazing to see them. They're so welcoming. They're they have open arms they just want people in and uh, i find it very nice (laughs) and we welcome you Uh, honestly we do and we appreciate all you do as well Ejiro, you're here longer than 2017. And when did you come to Ireland? I'm here over 34 years. My oh my. Now it must uh, have been a very different scenario when you touched down here 34 years ago. We weren't really a multiracial, multicultural society. Did you find that tough? At the time, because the host community were so welcoming. If you meet anybody you meet, I was working in the hospital. I came in as a student nurse. I work in the hospital. Initially, I came in as a nun. I'm now a mother there are four children i'm proud to say that but the the welcome i felt the greetings and the people here is just like home from home Fantastic. and you don't look back on that yes you know it it my heart bleeds sometimes when i hear negative comment about ireland and the irish mm. people because i tell you one thing when i came here for you to see a migrant person you run miles to say hello to them yes but you see that has blossomed the amount of people that are here 
yes. that have settled here, that have made their home, their home mm. here. And that's one of the one reason why we came together in 2019 with women who have been here for more than 28 years, 29 years. Say, look, we have gained so much from this community. Let's find a way of giving back. But we won't forget our root either. Yes. So whatever we give back here, if these people have been given to us and given back to our brothers where, let's find a way of we as well becoming contributors here and contributors back home. And the support we've got with that is so amazing. Where are you from originally? Your home I'm from country. Nigeria originally. Do, but you, do you have Irish citizenship at this stage? Yeah, I you am. You are. Yeah. And where are you from? No, I'm uh, still Indian citizen. Yes. And you're, well, you're from India yourself. Yes. Would you like to become an Irish citizen someday? Are you happy enough as you are? Uh, I would say I would accept Irish citizenship okay. uh, at some stage, yes. I was just looking at the ceremony yesterday in Cork on television where over 4,000 people were made Irish citizens. And the joy and the happiness, and they felt so grateful. Attached, yeah, yeah, like yourselves, yeah. you know what I mean, it's to be so part of it. It's a part of, uh, it, it's a feeling of getting accepted, yes. feeling acceptance from Irish community, I yeah. think. Mm. It's huge. But you bring so much. You bring so much in your talent from your cultures, your food. Oh, my God. That's why I said on the 24th of June, yes. this Saturday, okay. it's an event not to be missed by anyone. Okay. Anyone living in Drogheda, please get up and don't don't say, stay at home. Don't feel as if you're alone. Nobody's alone. We are all in it together. You will meet Irish community people there. You will meet people from Ukraine, from Algeria, from Morocco, from Senegal, from Nigeria, from India, from Brazil, from Philippines, from China, from Lithuania, from Poland, from Spain, from Spain, all performing on the stage. All performing on the stage in their traditional outfits. You oh, can't this, miss it. this is to behold, folks. Yeah. I, I mean, Ijiro is right here because this is happening this Saturday, the 24th of June, at the Barbican Centre in Drogheda. It starts at 10 in the morning and goes right through to 4 o'clock. All those nationalities and more will be represented in traditional costume, singing their songs, playing their music, and sharing their food. Good. And with, with this in mind, it's to support alone and MND Ireland. So you're yeah. supporting yes. those two big charities. Yes. 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 Um, is there an admission fee? Yeah, yeah. How are you going to make a few pounds for the charities? Yes, here? we are charging only 10 euro oh, it's for, nothing. for entry. It's for nothing. Yeah. And it's only 5 euro for students. Yes. And I would say I'm a live testimony. Once I went in 2019 and I'm a vice chair of an organization. So anybody who walks in, you're definitely not going to leave the room without being with us. <laughs> they ain't going to let you away if you go there on Saturday. And that is a real open invitation because you have uh, grown so much. You have become such an important part of the community here too. So we're going to get a taste of the different foods. And yes. yes. Taste yes. of all nations. There's just something I want to share with the listeners. Yes. Every Tuesday... Okay. In the loud local development uh, uh, office, yes, we give free English conversation sessions. Okay, from four p.m. to five p.m. every Tuesday, and it's free. If you have difficulty speaking English, just walk in. 
That's it. Yeah. Where is that office? And they they're now moving their office to the hay market. Yes. Where the hay market is, they'll be there from the end of this month. Okay. So and that's an important thing, yeah. you know, to to pick up on the lingo, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, language yeah, yeah. that you know you can yeah. integrate even yeah, even yeah, more. Yeah. So and for businesses in the local place, if you have other, if you have employed other nationalities, Hands for Unity are delivering diversity, equity, and inclusion search uh, training. We're giving it to schools. We're giving it to businesses. Please get in touch with us. We want to make Ireland an inclusive community. Drogheda is so inclusive, and we want to make that. Uh, we want to make everybody feel that and enjoy yes. that and embrace that. It's all good, but you know, at times we hear of nasty stories where people are abused racially, and that. Have you ever come across that? Uh, very rarely, rarely. but um, I would say it goes two ways. That's what Hands for Unity stands for. We believe that racism, it could be from the migrant community as well. Mm. When some of the migrant communities, what I feel is they are so closed, they are not inclusive. So yes. they have to expand themselves and stop that being, you know, you're in Ireland. Let us be part of everything and everywhere. So that's the feeling that we promote through Hands for Unity. Yes. Ajiro, yes, you in your time here, have you ever had a sticky situation? Or? I have had sticky situation, but it's what you make of it and what you do at the end of it. Yes. Every, every situation you have is a learning curve. You don't go sit at home just because somebody says something, then you paint everybody to be black just because mm. that, that experience was black for you. No, there's so many colors. There's yes. many uh, unique people in Ireland. Mm. There's so many friendship people in Ireland. Let's not dwell on the negative events only and make every day a day for learning and a day for moving forward. Yes. That's why it's so important that we have the conversation in a way that we can embrace diversity, but again we can be different but we can be one i love your words i really really do well listen i want to wish you well with saturday and reminding everybody again the barbican center from 10 a.m to 4 in the afternoon every nationality and race welcome 10 euro to snip five reduced entry as well supporting alone and mnd ireland you are fantastic people, I have to say. And it's been worth the wait to have a chat with you on the show today. Remember yes. the name, Hands for oh, Unity. Yes. Check them out. Ejiro Stratton and Jasmine Matthew. Thank you both for joining me on the show. Thank, Thank you, you so Jane. much for giving us this opportunity. You're welcome. Yeah, Miley Cyrus, Flowers, that is massive, that song. Probably be the biggest selling single of the year, come end of the year. Well, we're only halfway there at the minute, but it is the biggest so far. A massive, massive hit for that young lady, but she's oozing with talent. Yes, she oozes with it. That is for sure. Just reminding you again about the Hinterland Festival in uh, Kells this coming weekend. What a stellar lineup they have. 50 events to choose from. We had Tommy Gorman on the show with us yesterday. What a fascinating man he is. The likes of John Creedon is there from RTE as well. John Boyne and Liz Nugent. 
Oh, brilliant, brilliant authors. It's just a fantastic lineup. Check it out. Hinterland.ie. Kells, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this week. And if you're in or around Kells, the book market in Kells is where you can pick up all the information and book your tickets for the various events. We have tickets to give away every day this week. We looked after the Tommy Gorman. Uh, gig yesterday. He's on on Saturday the 25th at 5 o'clock in the Kells Theatre. Today on Late Lunch, uh, I mentioned earlier on, I have uh, two day passes to Hindsight at Hinterland and that's the history strand of the festival. It's fascinating and those tickets today on Late Lunch are going to John Casserly. Well done to you, John. You'll enjoy your Thursday there. That lets you and a friend into absolutely everything that's on right across Kells on Thursday afternoon. I don't know whether you saw on the news today the story that 12,000 12,000 Irish people have registered with a gambling addiction. Now that's all that's registered, 12,000 people. What about those who are unknown of? And that's of all ages, right down to a very young age right through as well. And it is a huge, huge problem. And a question especially for sporting organisations in terms of, you know, we had the whole issue with smoking and advertising, alcohol and advertising. Now it's on to gambling and advertising because I know what it is. I have an odd flutter now and again, bet on the Grand National, the major golf tournaments. I couldn't pick me nose at the minute, never mind pick a winner of the golf. Our Brian can pick the winners on the Wednesday club. But anyway, it's for fun. But despite all the advertising that says stop, you should stop and don't go overboard and things like that. It's very easy saying that. But when you have an addiction to gambling and it's so easy on this little thing that's sitting on the desk in front of me that you can put the money on. Well, it's an entirely different story. 12,000 people with an addiction registered. I shudder to think how many more are unregistered. I'd say that figure is huge. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Tuesday afternoon. After three in the show, our top five countdown and the tenth year of the Kilmoon Barn Dance. Yeehaw! Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's the number four from this very week in 1994. And it's four today. It only ever got as far as number three in the UK charts. That's where it peaked, actually. Released on the 23rd of May, 1994. It's by British electronic music group, The Grid. Yes, our number four from this week, back in 94, is Swamp Thing. Thing, the grid number four this week in 1994 I think that's the first instrumental I've had on the countdowns this year oh big line dancing number oh our Katrina she learned to line dance to that one many moons ago she did indeed but uh, famous song if you were a line dancer country music etc did you know the single uh, it actually got a silver disc in the UK it sold over 200,000 copies at the time and the solo there yet the banjo solos were written and performed by Roger Dinsdale he was a renowned folk musician he played guitar and mandolin as well sadly he's no longer where does he passed away in July of 2009 but will always be remembered for the riffs on that particular one there 1994 this week you're 
number 321 coming up on Late Lunch tomorrow, Thursday and Friday. Short break, final break of the day on the show and afterwards I'm joined by Michael Fox. Yes, he's the man behind the big barn dance in Kilmoon. It's happening again soon. It's its 10th year and we have tickets to give away. Stay with us. I have to say, it's now one of the biggest social events on the social calendar in the Northeast. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the big barn dance at Kilmoon, and I'm delighted to welcome back into studio to join me today. It's great to see him face to face to the man behind it, Michael Fox. Welcome back to Late Lunch. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank, Thank you, you again for, for joining me. Ten years, Michael. The tenth year. Tenth year. We ran the first one in 2011. Hmm. And uh, we never intended to run another one. It was just a once-off charity a fundraiser for cancer research because my late sister died with esophageal uh, cancer. And in 2013, a lot of the young people said, would you not run another one? So we ran one in 13, and then 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 and 21 were missed with COVID. COVID. 22 last year and this one is our 10th one 10th uh, barn dance and each year numbers have been growing and growing each year it's very popular with the young people mm. and but it's only due to the good support we get from all involved mm. and including the young crowd that come to the support it has made it such a big event you know but you see it is a landmark event as i mentioned there, and it's grown into that year and year by 10 years now she's our old hands at this yes must just uh, run it so smoothly it's well oiled the wheels would we you're, say you're right jerry i am an old hand <laughs> i'm too old to I didn't, not at all i didn't mean that in I that did, sense but yeah. you know what i'm saying well, you, you you know as yeah, you go on year and we year. know we know what we're doing yes and it's a set procedure every year to make sure we get it right mm. because if we don't get it right on the night you can't do anything there'll be three thousand people there and there's nothing you can do to correct it if you make a mistake mm. so we are there'll be about 180 people working at the barn dance between security bar staff catering music bands stewards will be something over 180 people on duty that night wow, it's a big so operation. it's a big uh, big mm. thing to uh, make sure you get right mm. there is no room for for errors on the day no. you know and each year you vary the the lineup and you have a stellar lineup may i say here seven hours of music but the food people always talk about the food well, we've been doing rumbles for the last number of years, always did the food for us. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're not fit to do it this year, so it's another catering company that uh, Peter Graham's got for us, and yeah. they're coming in. It's free food for four hours, That's from it. 8 o'clock to around midnight, pending <laughs> on the time of that. There'll be about 4,000 servants. Wow. that's the the plan you know yeah. but that's what keeps people going mm. we're in the meat business so I'm supplying the burgers myself good on so you so, so uh, that's it so it's chicken and beef burger that's what's be served you know and you can eat your fill and more besides you brought us tickets to give away and I mean the tickets are like hotcakes for this one and they're selling like hotcakes so to give you an opportunity today in late lunch land to win tickets to the barn dance have a wee listen to this and tell me who is this famous country star? Have a listen. Here we go. Looking back On the memory of The 
dance we share. The dance you're going to share in the barn with Michael and the crew and said, who is that superstar, country superstar? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text as quick as you can now with that man's name and your details for free tickets to the barn dance this Saturday. Seven hours of music. And I said a moment ago to you, Michael, the lineup is fantastic. Give us a flavour for who'll be there this Saturday. Right, first of all, in the bands, Shotgun Shanky will be uh, starting the outdoor marquee. <laughs> I love the name. Shotgun Shanky and the and bullets. The bullets. And the bullets, <laughs> right? The They're very good. We didn't have enough room on the tickets to buy the bullets. <laughs> They're very, very good entertainers. They start at seven. Yes. They'll start at seven and they'll play until nine or half nine. Indoor in the main hall, it'll be Mark Fallon will be DJ, will open up the music Lovely. in there. With Celtic Heritage starting at nine. Mm. in there and they'll play it till 11 half 11 they're a brilliant brilliant band the way I chose them they were at the Fla in Drogheda and they were at the Fla in Mullingar and when I see hundreds of people jumping around the place you know you have a good band yes they're brilliant brilliant entertainers and then Keol which is the band set up by Nathan Carter will be going on at 11 11 30 and they'll play till approximately 1 30 terrific terrific and they're they aren't me today saying they want to up their game they want to do uh, this uh, lighting system at the back and all that so they want to turn it into a bigger event so I give them thumbs up for that to do it so and then after that she finishes up with Mark Fallon the DJ Lovely. until 2 o'clock well there's no excuse yeah. there really isn't what a night of yeah. music and entertainment that is but the serious matter of this is you mentioned uh, you know your own family connection to cancer cancer care research all that type of area tell them how much you've raised so far well we've been lucky enough to because of the amount of help we got uh, with all the people that support us and the free volunteers that's working on the night and the support yeah. in the last nine barn dances we've raised 630,000 oh my god yeah so that's what has been raised and this year well we'll see what we do you know but uh, she's totally sold out there's, I don't think there's tickets anywhere available and uh, doors open at quarter to seven mm. and it should be a good night so the hottest tickets in town are on late lunch this afternoon the hottest tickets in town there's no more we have them here to give away and we're going to pick some winners uh, forward the money you raised uh Cancer Research and local charities are beneficiaries. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this year, we've given already given 16000 to the Turkish Earthquake Fund because of the calamity that was there last January, February. Yes. And we took that out of the burn dance. And Nucrete, which is the Northeastern Cancer Research Wonderful. here in Drogheda, they'll be the second major benefactor. And then after that, then we do uh, affix some to Spina Bifida, yep. which is a Drogheda-based uh, Alzheimer's, which is based in uh, Balbriggan, Sosad, which is based in Mead and Loud, Prosper Mead, which is another charity, Mead River Rescue, RNLI, Drogheda Homeless Aid, and Osophageal Cancer. Brilliant. We'd be hoping to give them five or six thousand each. Mm. That's the the plan for. So you see, this is the side of this that is so brilliant and beneficial to so many people you touch so many lives and help so many people as well it's a wonderful wonderful thing you have here you doing anything special yourselves for the 10 years you know i mean a decade of these barn dances as a family it was you that found it who else was there somebody else which are just you i know it's a it's a family yes it's the fox family and the karen's family and we set up a committee and we run it that way yeah no there's a lot of volunteers helping out as well Mm. and then i better mention philip foster who who uh, looks after the 
the bar for us on the night and gets transferred his license and manages the overseeing the bar mm. duties while mm. for no gain to he does it. He does it all free, voluntary. But all these charities put in bar staff to us and helpers to help us run the event. Mm. So that's what makes it uh, such a good night is these charities are working on the night there, having representatives working on the night, volunteers with They're us. They're part and parcel. And that's what helps us to make up the numbers, you know. I, I think you, you should be acknowledged on this 10th anniversary. That's what I'm getting at. And that's what I, I want to do it here today, to say to the Fox and Cairns families, thank you on behalf of all the people who haven't a voice to say thank you to you today, Michael, for uh, what you've done. No, Jerry, there's no need to thank us. We're delighted to be doing it. Mm. We're delighted to be doing it. We lost my sister with cancer, so we know all the... the pain and suffering that goes with cancer and we're delighted to be able to support mm. and I think Nacrete is a great uh, oh, they uh, cancer research organisation wonderful you know? what they do there's no so, doubt about so that so that's it so we try to keep it as local as possible the committee vote on the charities and as you can see they're nearly all local charities to, mm. so that's what makes it and it's, it should be a good night it will and be a great night. Thank you very much, Jerry. For oh no, not at all. We we are here. This is what we. This is our modus operandi on LMFM Radio and local radio to highlight and support people like yourselves and the great good you do that permeates out into all our communities here and all you help. And again everybody is grateful to you. I want to say that again. It is so important. It really is. Anyway, picking winners. I have that many names in here. What I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to just, after the show, I just haven't time to go through them all here. I have that many messages that have come into me by text and WhatsApp. So if you bear with us, folks, if you've entered the competition, I will pick the winners with Michael just after the show now, and I'll announce them early on in late lunch tomorrow. I'll tell you who has picked up the tickets for the event, uh, and uh, you will have a wonderful night at the Barn Dance in Kilmoon. Uh, anyway, Michael, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's been a real pleasure having you back with us, and good luck. And here's to the next ten years. I'm not, don't mean to put the pressure on, but you know what I mean. I'm getting too old for Jerry, but thank you very much for having me here. Delighted to come in and share the, ah, the experience with you. So and we're people, delighted okay? to have you. And I hope with those us people too. who win the tickets will have a very good night. They'll have a They'll fantastic have a night. night. I promise you that. That's the Kilmoon Barn Dance happening this Saturday. The tickets, it's sold out. That's what we're telling you now. But we have some tickets and we're going to dole them out to you who entered the competition with us on late lunch this afternoon. That's a lot on late lunch for this afternoon. Do join us tomorrow on the show because tomorrow, folks, I don't need to remind you, do I? It's the longest day tomorrow, the 21st of June, and we're marking it, we are, with a very special man who knows all about this time and these Celtic seasons as well. He's joining us on the show. We're also featuring a, a couple who've turned their farm into an organic farm as well. A young couple there talking to us on the show tomorrow and more besides. Do join us from 1.30. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Great music and more besides. Stay with us. See you for Wednesday's midweek show at 1.30. Have a nice evening. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan.